Welcome to the Abuan Chronicles podcast. This podcast is hosted by five black Muslim women, Hafsa, Ikran, Istahil, Sahra, and Umm Khair. This is your host Istahil, hailing from Edmonton, the city of the frozen, and home of the Oilers. Join us every month as we talk about our personal experiences, pop culture, identity, politics, and more. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 2 of the Abuan Chronicles podcast. I'm Hafsa, and today I interviewed Somali-American author Halima Haji Mohammed. We talked about her new book, Amila. Hey, how are you? I'm good, alhamdulillah. So Halima, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Halima, and I reside in sunny San Diego, California. <laughs> and that's a city in Southern California. Um, I'm a, lingu- a linguistics student, so I study linguistics. And in my free time, I like to write. And uh, tell us a little bit about your new book. Well, my book is titled Amala, and mm-hmm. that's the Arabic word for hope. Mm-hmm. And it's also my first name spelled backwards. Okay. It's a short collection of stories that deals with the Somali-American experience. And it covers difficult issues like ranging from depression, domestic abuse, Islamophobia, bullying, things like that. So what prompted you to start writing this book? Well, I always had a desire to write a book, but I wanted to make sure that it was something that I could, I would feel that would be relevant to a lot of people. So I wanted to deal with aspects of my culture, my religion, while covering issues that would affect a lot of people and be important to people. You did do that with this book. It did cover a lot of heavy topics, like just opening the book, the first story is about um, domestic violence, and not just mm-hmm. domestic, but not just physical domestic violence, but also verbal and emotional domestic violence so you do cover those topics and like you said these are issues that do affect the Somali community and the Somali immigrant community but we usually brush under the rug right yes exactly yeah so um have you found to there there to be many other authors who write these kind of books in the Somali community do you find that or do you find yourself to be a pioneer um in some ways I feel like I am a bit of a pioneer because I'm kind of covering a lot of these heavy issues. Mm-hmm. But I think there are a lot of Somali writers who are on a smaller scale writing about these things like on their blogs or on Facebook or just like in um, in clubs and organizations and kind of dealing with it on a smaller scale. But yeah, I feel like I'm definitely um, giving a lot of these issues headway through my book. And did you find it like easy for you to access these other Somali or to find these other Somali writers as well? Or was it um, a difficult process? It's actually pretty it's actually pretty easy when you just like go go on Google and then you look up Somali authors. Yeah. It'll have like a bunch of their images images as well as like um, their Wikipedia information and their biography and a list of books that they wrote. So there's a, there's a couple uh, Somali authors that I'm uh, familiar with, Nuruddin Farah, Nafida uh, Mohammed, um, Watson Shida, she's a poet. Watson Shida making it big, she just, the whole lemonade. That was super cool. <laughs> it was like the first time a Somali, to be honest, has been seen, a Somali writer has been seen on that scale, on that like level. Like to have exactly. that kind of international recognition was amazing. Amazing, mashallah. Yeah. So Halima, um, who do you think or what inspired your stories? So something that inspired me to write this book was this overwhelming urge to write something that would be significant to me and to many others. 
And I was actually struggling at the time when I was um, coming up with the idea for Amala because I couldn't think of a name, but I knew what it would be. I knew the substance of the stories and what kind of things I wanted to cover. So it was a bit of my own desire to write a book as well as I, I feel like the need for others to read about these issues. So you wanted to basically broadcast the issues that affect your community on a larger scale, on a literary scale. The name is pretty interesting. How did you come up with the name? Okay, so one day I was in my room and I was on, I was writing in my journal. And I was writing my name and I realized that my name backwards spells out for something. So I looked it up and I realized that it's the English translation for, um, it's, it's Arabic, but the English translation is hopeful. So like you said, these stories, these stories that are in your, your, your short stories that are in this book, there are stories that affect your community and you want to broadcast, right? Do you find these situations or these problems that you talk about in the stories to be issues that affect the Somali community? Or do you find, do you think that they're isolated in incidents or like not as widespread as, as we think they are? I definitely feel like these issues affect the Somali community, but when it comes to things like depression, abuse, um, bullying, Islamophobia even, we like to just sweep, the, sweep them under the rug and just kind of ignore them, mm-hmm. especially if they're more taboo, like domestic abuse and depression. We really don't want to answer them. and We just kind of ignore them for the most part. What is the end option for people that are suffering from these problems? Where do they, what do they end up doing? Or who do they go to? Who do they turn to? Oftentimes, I feel like people will turn to, if anyone, they'll turn to their friends and their family. But I feel like they feel ashamed of themselves and they feel embarrassment. And so they hesitate to talk to people and to reach out and get help. But I feel it's very important that we seek help in others, especially those that we're close to. Because we can confide in them and talk to them about our issues. And there's nothing to be embarrassed about when it comes to mental health or when it comes to being physically abused. You need to seek you need to seek help and reach out to people. I noticed a lot of your stories, like your title, end with a hopeful note. Was there a specific reason you did that? What were you trying to what impression were you trying to leave on the reader of your stories? Since the book is called um, Amala or Hopeful, I wanted to kind of um, get this hopeful feeling in the reader and I wanted to leave it up to their I wanted to leave the interpretation up to them. So that's why I kind of left a lot of the the endings for the stories just kind of up in the air. It was, it's actually very interesting to hear from a couple people and um, get different kinds of interpretations for endings. So it's completely up to the reader to decide what happens to a certain character. And I feel like that's that's pretty fun in a way. It's kind of like those, I don't know if you're, when you were a kid, you read those um, R.L. Stein novels. Yeah. Ones with like, oh, choose your own ending. So I think that's yeah. what actually inspired me because I grew up reading Carl Stein and Goosebumps and mm. all those things. So do you think that the Somali people are a hopeful people in, in the sense that we're moving past these or we're trying we're trying to find solutions? or? I think Somalis are very hopeful and resilient people. All of our lives we've been accustomed to dealing with struggle and difficulty and we've come from a nation that's been war-torn so i feel like it's in us to remain hopeful and persist through uh no matter what we're going through and to always um wish for a hopeful outcome and do you think that we stand up for ourselves when we need to yes i think we stand up for ourselves and for others and for those that we care about okay so in the Somali community another problem we have 
that's that everybody is continuously speaking about is the access to resources. So do you feel like these people have the access to resources or that the support that they need and provide it to them? And if they don't, what would you suggest for them? I feel like in a larger, on a larger scale, a lot of people have access to um, mental health services and seeking counseling. But when it comes to the Somali community, we kind of like shun these issues and we don't want to speak about them. So there's not there's not a lot of platforms and a lot of places that we can go to and seek help. So I think it's important that we establish these kind of places in the Somali communities where people can seek help and get counseling and kind of open up about these issues that they're they're choosing to close up about and that they feel like are that they feel are shameful or they don't want to kind of delve into. So I feel like we should have more avenues um, for people to seek help in the Somali community. But on a larger scale, I feel like we're very fortunate living in this age of technology. At the click of a button, we can schedule an appointment. We can do anything. But as um, as a Somali community, because we are talking about the Somali community specifically, it's understandable mm-hmm. if um, you're living in Somalia and you don't have access to resources. But living in the diaspora in Western countries, we do find, statistically speaking, that Somalis and those from refugee immigrant backgrounds do have um, a harder time accessing these resources, right? So mm-hmm. other than the fact that they're immigrants, what other issues do you think are stopping Somalis from culturally speaking what's stopping us from going and getting these resources I feel like oftentimes it's we're ashamed or we feel like we personally don't need it you won't really hear and you won't really hear someone open up about being depressed or feeling like they need help where I feel like oftentimes as Somalis we're a bit prideful and we feel like we don't really need we don't really need help or we don't want to reach out to others, but I feel it's important that we step aside from that kind of mentality and kind of reach out to others in the diaspora. There's a lot of local services, like in where I'm from, there's a San Diego Somali services, and they're very helpful when it comes to helping Somalis get jobs and feel integrated in the community. So I, I think it's important that they take advantage of these kind of um, programs and kind of step away from that kind of um prideful mentality like oh I don't really need help because everyone needs help and everyone needs assistance on a personal level what would you recommend to one person like one individual person what would you recommend they do to help improve that situation to help us as a community get better access so many people nowadays are on social media and if they're not personally they know somebody who is so I think it's important that we raise awareness and we kind of um we kind of let people know about these organizations that are out there helping people. And we tell people that it's okay to get help if you are suffering from either a emotional issue or a physical issue and to talk to people and feel like you have some hope left in you, you know. And I feel like that would be very helpful for a single person to do when it comes to helping many others in their community and outside of their community. So Halima, where can our listeners find your book? Amala is currently available on Amazon as well as Amazon Kindle. Okay. And if they want to contact you or follow you, where can they find you? They can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram under Halima Writes. All right. That was fun. Thank you for being on our podcast, Halima. Thank you so much for having me.
Fahil, what did you really like about this book? What was your favorite thing about Amila? I think my favorite thing was the theme of hopefulness throughout the book. It was really well done, even though halfway through the story got super interesting and super exciting. Um, you always had that feeling of hopefulness, like, okay, things are going to work out somehow, you know? I remember reading um, one of the stories, the short stories in this book is about depression, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I was reading it and it got to a point where things were looking really dire. And I like I would think that how is this going to work out or whatever. But knowing that the book was called Amila, like it kind of like got me excited for the character. Like, no, you can push through this. You can work through this, you know. Mm-hmm. So at the same time, like you see all these heavy topics, but we see, alhamdulillah, the positive outcomes. You're right. Um, the biggest thing was the fact that, like, for me, I don't have any experience when it comes to that. I, like, I never underwent troubles like that, so I wouldn't know how someone in that position would feel on a daily basis, especially someone from the same background as me. So it had, it invoked emotion. When you read it and you read about it, you're like, wow, so this is how it feels and this is how it is when you're in a Somali, you know, like, environment. It was really, like, very interesting to read. Another important point was the relatability of this book. Every single story is relatable to someone in the community. Um, A very interesting one was reading the Case 39 story. It was about well, I'm not going to go into it, but it was very nerve-wracking, very um, scary. It was like kind of like a horror story, but not really, and it was really, really cool. And they invoked completely different emotions. Like feel, some stories you'd feel really angry, some stories you'd feel scared, some stories you'd feel the hurt and emotion. A lot of them, especially the ones that touched my heart, the ones with the parents, like I could relate to those ones very much, especially the mother one. It was very touching to read um, and I really liked the way she wrote that and the way she translated that story that kind of feeling into writing they definitely left you wanting more you wanted to know more about what's going to happen to these characters you invested even though it's short it's like 20 pages not even 20 maybe 10 pages and you invest so much emotion into these characters you just want to know what happens after this like what's going to happen so maybe one day you should write a full book and I feel like I would love to read a whole book on one of these characters yeah, for me, what actually had me the most excited about um, Halima's book was the future of Somali writers. Like, having this book and seeing the short stories and the potential that they have, I'm really excited for a full novel or story by Halima or other Somali authors. And just keeping in mind that um, our generation, the generation of Somalis who um, were raised in Western countries or in the diaspora, um, are now coming to adulthood and they're getting into their careers and a lot of them are writers and artists and I'm just excited to see their work to be honest I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more stories like this I'm looking forward to seeing works of fiction non-fiction everything I love reading so for me to be able to read a book that's so relatable and so interesting I find that amazing if you love to write keep writing if you want to go somewhere please publish like there's people that would actually love to read your stories Halima shed some light on the Somali community in this book and knowing all the problems that we're going through and the issues that we're going through doesn't make you feel uh, hopeful for the Somali community you think we can push through this I asked this question to Halima I'd like to get your viewpoint as well definitely we are hopeful people she portrayed that really well Um, I believe we need to like step up more and contribute more to our communities. Um, Each one of us has something to offer, and I feel like we shouldn't ignore the people or anyone going undergoing any of these problems and shouldn't keep it hushed, especially the domestic violence and uh, 
uh, what do you call it, depression and all that stuff. These are problems that families face on a daily basis and it's something that the community can for sure help them out with. So you know how the Somali community has this image of themselves, they're invincible, they are the best, Somalis are very arrogant, and they like to brush all their problems under the rug, right? So it's nice to see all these issues brought forward, and we're seeing more and more Somalis in the community, not just young people, we're seeing the older generations as well, bring up these issues and talk about them and discuss them, and they try to find solutions for them. I feel like that's the first step we can take. Inshallah, the next step will come along soon. But um, I do see that we are moving in a positive direction. And I think, inshallah, things can only get better from here. Thank you so much for listening to our episode. If you enjoyed that, please feel free to continue the conversation by messaging us on Twitter or Instagram at Abwan Podcast. You can also email us at abwanchronicles at gmail.com. Or if you're feeling a little shy, send us a curious cat message. Um, If you know any other cool Somali writers, bloggers, authors, send us a message and, you know, spread the word. We always want to big up our Somali brothers and sisters. Again, thanks for listening. Bye.